So it's a very interesting topic you brought up for the very reason I, I mentioned. Yeah, I think that's horseshit. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 161 of Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the other co-host of this fine broadcast, the captain of corporate branded koozies, the one and only Dr. Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you? You know what? I'm doing well, man. I, uh, July is always an interesting month. Um, trying to keep up with vacations, trying to keep in contact with clients, and trying to keep things rolling at the office. But uh, overall, I think I'm doing okay. How about you? Uh, I'm doing well. Coming off of a magical mystery tour. I'm pretty right. sure we're going to talk about that here in a second. But um, I'm happy to be here. This is the last podcast of July, which uh, surprises me. And yeah. um, But uh, I'm otherwise feeling amazing. Do you know what else amazes me, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Thank you so much for asking. It'd be the good folks at Bam Bams. Have you checked out their custom headwear, Kirby? I'm pretty sure you have. I have. I love it. You know what it is. You get those fully custom caps. You can design them. You can have their team design them. You can have any team you'd like design them. Possibly even the Pittsburgh Steelers, which would be very weird. <laughs> but you could certainly do that. And you can have it delivered to your customer in 30 days or less from sample approval. That's amazing, isn't it, Kirby? It is amazing. And... You and I have seen the quality of those hats. I'm telling you, the quality is spot on. You want to talk about really impressing your end user client. Custom headwear, 30 days or less, really, really amazing. So what what you need to remember, one thing and one thing only, stock or custom, let Bam Bams be your first and only thought for custom headwear. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, actually reached out to them just this past week. I want to do a self-promo with them because I think they're just so cool. Awesome. And, and Ben Taylor and his team there, just fantastic. Ben Chazen, uh, a great group of people there. So bambams.com, let them be your only thought for custom headwear, and you won't be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, I think we've got a lot going on this week. I've got we 16, uh, 18 pages of notes here. <laughs> So I think we should go ahead and record at a moon level this week. Oh, okay. All I, right. I feel like there's got to be some meaning to that. I don't I, understand I have, it, but no, let's go with it. I don't, I don't either. Just okay. go with it, please. Okay, got um, it. Kirby, do you want to start us off with the topic? I do, because I'll jump in with the obvious topic. Uh, you had the opportunity this past week to uh, attend, speak at, uh, be involved in the Spark event. I believe it was in Charlotte. Uh, wanted to kind of get your take. You and I haven't talked about it at all, and I am super curious about how it went. It was good. Thanks for asking. Okay. <laughs> oh, you want a little more detail than that. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, you know what? It's, it's very, if I could take a page out of your book, you know, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> two years ago, you and I were very, very critical. Uh, let me phrase that. We are critical. I don't think we are very, very critical. Yep. Um, I re-listened to our initial podcast. But we were critical about the fact that there was a lot of lead up to Spark um, that was in Denver the first year, which is the young professionals, the next generation. It's their conference, which I'm very supportive of. I think you are as well. Yep. There was a lot of lead up and talk about that conference um, 
until the conference started, and then it was radio silence. Right. We heard nothing about it. The only information we got was from people's social media pages that we happened to be friends with. And so when I looked back and, and actually listened back to the criticisms, I wished I had been more critical of, of PPAI. Okay. I, I think the real challenge there was you look at every other conference that PPAI has done, which is, you know, Women's Leadership Conference, the North American Leadership Conference, Leader, Leader Development Workshop for, for the regional community. PPAI has historically done such a great job of using their social media outlets and their news outlets to get information out to the general public okay. in the industry about that. They didn't do that with that first spark. So I, I think I incorrectly blamed a lot of the attendees who took that personally, and, and I'm not sure I wouldn't have done the same thing. Sure. When the, I think the real real ball drop may, might have been PPAI. And, and look, that's we all make mistakes, so I don't want to be too critical now. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting after that, and there was a little bit of a kerfuffle that I was actually invited to speak at Spark. And, and I will tell you, it was one of the most energizing experiences I've had as a speaker. Wow, okay. Um, very powerful. So it was a group of 70 or so young professionals evenly split between returning attendees because you do age out of spark. I don't know yeah, what the right. age I don't know what the age is you age out, but you do age out of spark. <laughs> um, so it was about split between returning attendees and brand new attendees. Right. They had people there from ages 19. Yeah, there was some underage I think there was one underage person there up to wow. I think 36, 37. So you had a really wide spread there. Mm. And if you ever want to, and I, and I always joke about this when I'm, I'm do, giving a session, you know, when, when I know there's people who fear millennials. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say two things. Number one, um, don't, you shouldn't worry about it because Gen Z is going to ruin it for everybody anyway <laughs> as a joke. But, but I say, you know, it's really the youngest generation's responsibility to make all the other generations feel like they're going to screw it all up. And I got to tell you, I, I, I was so impressed to a person by all the attendees. They were attentive. They were engaged. They were interactive. They emoted. They cared. And so I walked out of Charlotte uh, sweaty because it was hot. <laughs> but I walked out of Charlotte so bullish on the future of our industry um, I, 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 it was amazing. The work group did a phenomenal job. The, they, they, you know, PPAI leans very heavily on those work groups, and they did a yeah. great job. You know, the Megan Corys, the Stephen McFaddens, the Alicia Skippers, the Kelsey Cunninghams, great, 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 great job. Taylor Borst was also one, too. The only criticism I would have, I did four sessions Okay. over the course of two days at Spark. Mm. Let me be more specific. I did four sessions starting at 8.15 Thursday morning until pretty much 2 o'clock on Thursday afternoon, okay. four in a row. Okay. That's a lot. Right. That is a ton of speaking. So, But my biggest concern was, I don't care if you're the best speaker in the world. I don't care if you're Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't care if you're uh, whoever, whoever you consider right. the best speaker in the world, the most engaging. Four hours in a row, that's just too much. And, mm. and so that would be my only slight criticism um, right. because I felt like people were kind of getting tired of me. And frankly, I was getting tired of me. <laughs> um, 
But overall, boy, what what a great event! What an inspirational event! So I kudos to PPAI, kudos to the work group, uh, kudos really to the attendees. Um, right. Just did a, did a fantastic fantastic job. Yeah, I think in, back to something you said. You said early on you felt like PPAI did uh, could have done a better job promoting that first one or just kind of talking about it. Talking about but, it during the event. I think right. there was a lot of lead up to it. Spark is coming, spark is coming, spark is coming, and then nothing yeah. during the and, event. And that, that, that makes sense. But on the other side, I think that you know part of each – any first time event is, you know, the attendees and, you know, you talked about the work group and those folks growing too. And I noticed this year, again, from a distance, it felt like there was a better um, or just a more concerted effort to share the learnings and share what went on there. And to be honest with you, I love that. Um, I mean, I did the same thing with um, WLC. I like, I love kind of um, from a distance, seeing what's going on, having my uh, promo FOMO and, um, just it was. I, I agree from the perspective of look. I think the event has grown and the attendees have grown, and that's the point of the exercise, right? No, no question. And like I said, um, I don't want to crap on any event because it's hard to put one on. Goodness sure. knows, I'm fighting that right now, doing the the first uh, inaugural promo MBA event. So I'm not going to shit on anything. Um, it's easy to sit in Monday morning quarterback, totally. which I did two years ago. wasn't there. Um, I still would defend what I said. Um, I wish I would have said it differently. But as I told people who got very upset with what I said, you know, we do a podcast about a half hour to 40 minutes every week. We do it spontaneously. I never know what Kirby's going to bring up. He doesn't know what I'm going to bring up. And we don't edit it. So I challenge you to do 160 episodes and not say something you regret. So... (laughs) Um, we put our I, I struggle to do that with 160 minutes in my day. <laughs> exactly. So um, I, I will tell you, overall, it was a great event. I, I don't know where it is next year. I'm not, uh, I, but I, I think it's going to continue to grow. I think they're going to continue to take the best parts of it. Um, I will say, you know, I, I would like to see it less. Um, the only, I guess, the only criticism I would really have about the event, Kirby. It's other than too much bill? Other than too much bill. Well, it's too much any speaker in that, <laughs> sure, that many I in a row. I was happy to do it. Don't get me wrong. I was honored to do it. And and I felt like I did a good job, and the feedback I got was great. Um, but the only real, I think, uh, suggestion I would have for PPAI at this point would be to tr- – the only thing – sometimes it felt like a mini North American Leadership Conference. Like it was a okay. North American Leadership Conference junior. It's at the Omni Hotel, which is about the most unmillennial hotel on the planet. Now, I know okay. PPAI has a contract with the Omni Hotels to have their events there, and, and I know that's a good thing generally. It's cost-effective. It's a nice hotel, but that's not the Spark Group. Um, right. I think there's something a little different to do there. I think maybe breaking up the conference a little bit might be interesting so you don't have uh, two days of, of sessions um, and then a volunteer uh, uh, thing at the end or, or you know volunteer or, or voluntary uh, fun event at the end where they went whitewater rafting why not do that in the middle get right. you know a little palate cleanser it doesn't have to follow the same format as NALC as the women's leadership conference and so that's the only thing I would say maybe take a look at that and and listen to the work group if, if they're if, if you have a good work group and, and I know they had a great work group this time maybe look at how can we do it a little bit differently so it's not so formulatic 
Um, but that's a slight criticism. I, yeah, I, I, and it's right. not even a criticism. It's a suggestion. Look at it because it might be the, the way they did it this time. should be the way they do it every time. I don't right. know. Okay, cool. Good cool. one. Thanks, man. All right. Well, thank you for thank you for asking. All right, Kirby. You bet. So this past week, we uh, celebrated the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, the Apollo 11. Okay. And, there's uh, the tie. There's the your tie, Kirby. <laughs> so I was thinking about conspiracy theories because you know there's a couple people out there who think sure. that the moon landing was faked. Sure. Which I think is preposterous, personally. Maybe, yeah, of maybe you're a faker. No, I, I don't know. I'm not a faker. I so I was thinking about a couple things. Conspiracy okay. theories in general always have fascinated me. That there's, con- you know, what seems to be to me fairly obvious, but there's always an outlier, right? Right. There, there's, there's a like growing up. Now I grew up in Dallas, Texas, so right. I got an assful of JFK assassination sure. conspiracy theories. Yep. Now for the record, I think Har- Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Okay. I do. That's what the that's what the evidence bears out. That's what I think. Now, what do you think? Just real quick, let's just a quick sidebar. What do you think about the JFK assassination? I, you know, I think that it probably he acted alone. I, I don't know that I'm educated enough to okay. do that. I, I here here's my overarching take on almost every conspiracy theory. Okay, is that in my experience, three people cannot keep any secret. Right. No, I any agree. secret. And so the idea that a vast group of people would somehow keep the fact that aliens are uh, at Area 51. Area 51. Yeah. Like, I think it's absurd. I can't keep people to, you know, like there's a new business coming in town. We can't keep it a secret between three people. So the idea I that a con- any conspiracy um, is true, I pretty much have a hard time believing. I, I, I happen to agree with you. So, okay. um, and so, you know, there's a conspiracy theory about Major League Baseball juicing the baseballs sure. again to get more home yep. runs. So I started thinking about industry conspiracy theories, Kirby. Okay, all right. And the, the two I came up with, and I wanted to get your take, suppliers selling direct. Okay. Okay. Suppliers selling direct to the end users, and the other sure. ones, distributors going direct to China or other countries for overseas sourcing. Thereby, sure. basically, the, the, so it's basically one conspiracy theory: the okay. erosion of the supply chain. So, I want to ask yeah. you: How often do you think it happens that suppliers do go direct to end users, and how often do you think distributors go direct overseas? Yeah, so I would say that I don't think that is a conspiracy theory. I think those are things that happen. Um, Whoa, you heard it here first, folks. He's <laughs> saying it's a fact, not a conspiracy. Um, yeah, no, I, I again, I don't think, and for the most part, I don't think it's nearly as big a deal as people tend to make it. So, I mean, it's it's fairly well documented that several suppliers are uh, owned or are partners with distributors, mm-hmm. um, and that has been going on for a long time. Um, I always think it is a little bit hypocritical from a distributor side when we're like, yeah, but if we can go direct and you know outsource and go around the supplier, we're happy to do that. But yeah. we're we're totally it's the audacity of suppliers to do that sort of thing. I I don't think it's as rampant as people like make it out to be. I would agree. Uh, you know, I I think of. Like, let's just use like events and and like suppliers selling to other suppliers, like. It's funny to me that nobody ever considers that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, but you know, at, these are just relationships that are um, kind of understood, 
and they make sense. So I like I think sometimes that suppliers probably do go direct, and I think it's not very often, and it doesn't affect the overall industry. Uh, it's just not a, a big enough deal to matter. And I think um, distributors need to be careful um, that we're kind of hey kettle, this is pot, you're black. Yeah. Um, and you know the other thing about that is like I I don't do that. I I'm not interested in going uh, direct. Partially because I don't trust myself. I don't right. understand the idea around it. And so I'd rather have a supplier partner do that because I think they understand the whole thing around it. So to me, not a conspiracy. It does happen, but I don't think it's as, like this thing that's going to take down our industry. I just don't. I, I agree. I think there's always going to be a certain uh, segment of that. But again, you know, I, I think the bigger concern generally have is, is suppliers going direct. And there sure. are some suppliers that are very open about that. Cutter and Buck, for example, they will show you the list of accounts that they say, hey, these are our corporate accounts. We right. do sell these ones direct. And where, what I think is interesting, you have a lot of distributors who get very upset with the mere thought that a, a supplier would go direct. Mm-hmm. Think about the, the sales model that we have. You have essentially suppliers, and their sales force is, by and large, as a whole, is an unreliable sales force, meaning the distributors. They don't have any control over the messaging, even if products are brought up, if their product is the story told the right way. Um, and so it, th- there's a lot of lack of control. And you talk. I think there's more trust that has to be on the supplier side. They have to just trust distributors far more than distributors need to trust the sp- suppliers. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that – I kind of think that goes both ways, actually. I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I think it makes sense. But I, I think it's one of those where there needs to be – again, we throw around the word partnership a lot. I, oh, it's I meaningless think, these days. Yeah, but, but when it's not, mm-hmm. the industry works great. Yep. Like it, when it's treated like a true partnership, like yes. if, hey, like an order's messed up, hey, if it shipped late, hey, if this happens, and we actually don't just start looking at each other to blame each other, yep. well, there wasn't a special occasion date, or hey, I didn't do this or whatever, and we just go, okay, look, let's take care of the customer, let's split it down the middle, let's right. treat it like a partnership, and let's move on. I, it, when that happens, it goes, it, the industry's great. I, I agree, and I think what it boils down to is the way you erase any conspiracy theory, whether it's Apollo 11, whether it's the JFK assassination or whatever, it, for me, those things, they take on a life of its own. Because right. people, it's another way to blame failure on something that's out of <laughs> our control. Right. And so the way to get around that, in my mind, it's not even so much communication. It's just transparency. Yeah. And so, you know, if that's what I, I, I always point to Cutter and Buck, you know, mm-hmm. and it, but that, that they have, you know, 25 corporate clients that they keep in-house. Now, the conspiracy theorists would tell me, well, yeah, that's just what they share with us. You know, they go after <laughs> more, right? And maybe they do, but that level of transparency, I think, is very, very critical it and puts it puts a damper on the, most of the people, right? It does. They just go, well, hey, you're you're sharing what you're sharing. Well, and sure. There's the always, rest of us move on. Correct. There's always going to be a few ding dongs that cling on to those conspiracy <laughs> theories um, for for no reason other than it makes them feel better. But I just thought it was an interesting um, juxtaposition. I, I do think it's a little bit of a conspiracy theory. Are there any other conspiracy theories in our industry that come to mind? 
Not to come to mind. I, okay. I, I think that's the one that, that you are exactly right. And that's the one you hear all the time. And, and it, you know, what was it a couple of years ago that the, and I'm not going to name the supplier, but there was like stickers and, and, uh, yes. at the PPA expo, people were handing out and like, you know, saying never use this supplier. I'm like, right. good Lord, folks, <laughs> life's yeah. about choices. <laughs> I, I know. I just thought it was interesting. I saw yeah, it. I like it. Do you have a quick one, Kirby, or do you yeah, want to go quick to one. promo person of the week? Yeah, we'll do a quick one. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, I, I go to LinkedIn and look for some different ones. I do. Um, so here's a quick one. Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before there was an article talking about the appropriateness of cursing at work. Oh, interesting yeah. topic, Kirby. Yeah. And so I... What the hell it, are they talking about? <laughs> exactly. And so it was funny because I went downstairs and talked to our team about it. And I will tell you, just in the interest of transparency, we are a pro-cursing workplace. Yep. <laughs> um, I actually curse in, in the first interview with any new potential employee... I am very purposeful about cursing in the interview Mm -hmm. because I want to see their reaction Mm -hmm. because they're going to hear it here. And that's just a part of our culture. Um, But I wanted to get your take. Is it, should we, you know, obviously in the past that was not a thing. And I wanted to get your take. And I have a, I have kind of a, a little bit of a thought about this. So what do you think? Good to curse at work, bad to curse at work? Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm. Let me get my uh, <laughs> skewer out because I'm about to get barbecued. I, I do swear at work. We have a we we have a similar culture that we swear a lot. But I look at it as the erosion of uh, communication. To be very candid with you, it's low hanging fruit. Um, I'm guilty of it. So is everybody here. And I think um, I would love us to curb that a little bit and have a little bit more professionalism, to be very candid with you. But okay. that starts with me. And I'm just as guilty. So to me, I look at it as kind of the overall erosion of uh, our communication skills as hmm. humans. Um, but that doesn't make me not guilty of doing it. Right, um, right, right. So I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I, you know, it starts with me. It's just like it starts with you at your organization. And I I swear um, often, um, and I, I, like you, I am very purposeful making sure that even when I give a a talk, um, I will make sure to kind of swear early on. Nothing, nothing major. I'm not going to drop F-bombs. I never do that in a presentation ever. But I, I might drop a BS, right, you know, or something like that just to kind of make sure people know, hey, this is kind of how I am. I I actually am trying to curb my swearing at work. So it's a very interesting topic you brought up for the very reason I I mentioned. Yeah, I think that's horseshit. Um, So (laughs) I I actually don't think it's an erosion of our communication. I think that it is an evolution. Um, So I think that this is one of those things where people say, well, you know, we're not as professional anymore because we do this, this, and this. You know what? I think it's about understanding your audience. There are clients I go into, and I would never curse in front of them because that's not their culture. It's my job to sort of be a chameleon. And But there are others when when – I go into it, that's their culture. And so I evolve into that. You have to be a chameleon too. Yeah. Yeah. But then while it's here, while it's in my office, while it's, while it's in our culture, we've been intentional. And so I don't, I think we communicate in a way that makes sense to us. I don't, I don't think it, I really don't. And I, I, you think you're going to get skewered. I think I'm going to get skewered on this topic because people are going to say, no, it's, it's not professional. I, th- you know what? I think that is in the eye of the beholder. So, you know, when we record the podcast and, and you're talking, I always close my eyes so I can really yep. listen to you. Um, I think you actually swayed me on this. 
Okay. Which very rarely happens. <laughs> Barely, yeah. Um, I, maybe it is an evolution. Maybe it's di- maybe you know. Maybe I think you're right to the to an extent to the extent that it is being a chameleon. Yeah. Um, okay, I think I was wrong. Okay, <laughs> moving on. All right. No, seriously, I think I think you make a very good point. All right, well, well, we'll hear what the audience has to say about this one. I'm curious to hear. Absolutely. All right, so we are now at the time of the promo person of the week. Kirby, it's your week, and it's yes. dedicated to highlight that one person, or as I've established people, in the promotional products industry who's grabbing our attention and making us take notice. Kirby, who's that with you? So this week, my promo person of the week is actually someone who listens to the podcast on a regular basis. Uh-oh. Uh, his name is John Anderson. Do you know John? I do. Yeah, so John works for Showdown Displays, and this week, I think it was this week, I actually uh, was emailed an article where John was featured. Uh, John is a three-time transplant mm-hmm. recipient, so he, he has had, uh, I believe it's two kidney uh, replaced and one liver replacement. Wow. And yeah, right? And so... And he's, uh, it's been, I believe it's been seven years since this has happened. He is doing well. And the article talks about him being a mentor to other people who are struggling with this same challenge. I I was totally fascinated by this. I know, John, we're on the OPA board together. Yeah, you're together, on the OPA board together. I was about to right? say that. And, and to be honest, I knew that he'd had this, but I didn't know all the details about it. And the idea that he, like, it talks about a person that he's sort of mentoring that is on a list that's waiting and how John is sort of an inspiration to them. And, and you know, how do you stay positive when you don't know if you're going to get it? And he he uh, he kind of gives back through this and talks about how, uh, you know, people need to be ninja strong and kind of kind of lean into their faith when something like this happens. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I was super inspired by the story. And um, it's just fascinating to me that, you know, this is a hereditary condition. um, And he has kind of outlived the prognosis. And I don't know, I was just inspired and I think it's really cool. So my promo person of the week is John Anderson. Okay, that is awesome. Really great to hear. I met John a couple years ago and he's always so... What, what I love about John is he is, and I don't know him as well as you do, certainly, so I'm just going to say how he comes across, and so I, I assume that's how he, he lives his life. But he is just a such a nice, genuine human being. Right. Um, and he goes out of his way when he hears something on the podcast to say that, hey, I really enjoyed that conversation. And for you and I who do this week in, week out, regardless <laughs> of what's going on, that type of feedback is so critical. To hear. Yes, I agree. Um, and so I that what a great thing. I did not know he was a three-time transparent recipient. That's a pretty amazing thing. So, a uh, congratulations to John. That's great. Yeah. What cool. are you gonna, What are you going to send him? Uh, of course, unlimited high fives. I think that's nice. we, we we have uh, probably an extra large box this week okay. of unlimited high fives. We'll send those digitally. And uh, yeah, congrats, John. All right, that's awesome. Well, hey. Um, we are now at the time of fill in the blank, which is one of my favorite parts of this broadcast. It's sponsored by our good friends at Gold Star. You know, we talk about Gold Star being the leader when it comes to promotional writing and missions. There you are clicking that cool Gold Star <laughs> writing utensil. But I will tell you that, you know, a lot of people say they're the leader. Why? Is, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you. I don't you know, Bill. Tell me. Right, Kirby? Doesn't that annoy you when someone says they're the leader in something? Doesn't that annoy you when someone tells you they're the leader in something, but they don't really explain why? Right. Exactly. Well, I'm going to tell you why. My favorite, quality. 
I happen to use those Gold Star pens. I know you do too, Kirby. You're clicking one right now mm -hmm. at Eversmooth Ink. They are the smoothest writing instruments I've ever used. And I don't say that lightly. I've had Mont Blancs. I've had other pens. I'm telling you, I love the Eversmooth Ink from the good folks at Gold Star. And if you want to learn more and get some great ideas how pens can be more than just a promotional writing instrument, go ahead and sign up for your free brand story toolkit by visiting them at goldstarpens.com toolkit. You won't be sorry that you did. Now, Kirby, do you have a theme this week for a fill in the blank? I do. Would you like to know what it is? Kirby, nothing would give me more pleasure. Okay, so uh, it occurs to me that I'm always asking you things that are interesting to me, and this week I wanted to, I'm hoping that I'm going to ask you something that's interesting to you. So my theme this week on fill in the blank is celebrity chefs. Okay, all right, Kirby. <laughs> you ready for me to go? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, the celebrity chef you would most want to meet is? Alton Brown. Huge okay. fan of Alton Brown, um, and I don't even consider him a, a, a celebrity chef as much as I do kind of a foodologist. He, he breaks down my favorite show on, on uh, the Food Network and Cooking Channel historically has been Good Eats, where okay. he breaks down why thing you, you why you would want to cook something or prepare something a certain way, kind of the science behind it. And and the nerd in me loves that stuff. <laughs> so why would you want to cook a steak a certain way? Why would you want to cook rice a certain way? I, I just love that stuff so much so alton brown kirby i love it okay all right kirby i have a theme this week as well it's technology just okay. overall technology <laughs> blank was the first piece of expensive technology that you purchased with your own cash money <laughs> so this is going to date me pretty hardcore, but um, uh, a big stereo system. So uh, first summer job, um, I know tech. That's that was technology at the time, and so um, I literally it was like this ginormous. Uh, Should have been for a house. I had it in my room. I went out. My parents were like, "You spent what on what?" And uh, yeah, that was uh, it. Was gosh. 30 years ago well, or something like that. So it was a big purchase. You did date yourself. All right, yes, Kirby. I did. Okay. Okay, so celebrity chefs, the, you, the one you want to meet is Alton Brown. The one you would most like to cook with is? Oh, that's a good one. I am going to go with Masaharu Morimoto. <laughs> okay, awesome. Ma, yeah, you're like, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, ma, ma, to be fair, I'm going to be doing that through this whole session. Yeah, Masaharu Morimoto. So he is one of the original Iron Chefs uh, okay. when the show was in Japan, and he obviously specializes in Japanese cuisine. And he made the transition to do Iron Chef America. And I will tell you, the, the way that man cooks and thinks about seafood, plus his sense of humor and his gravitas, just seems like such a great, great guy. So, And I just want to say the name again because I enjoy saying it. So, Kirby, my answer is Masaharu Morimoto. <laughs> That's magic. All right, Kirby. Besides your cell phone, besides your cell phone, the one piece of technology you could not live without is blank. My laptop. Okay. Um, and actually, it, my wife is always saying, because my wife is on her cell phone much more than I am. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when the, the uh, thing came out that said uh, screen time, mm -hmm. like she was very disturbed and like argued with the idea of how much screen time she had. Mm -hmm. I actually don't have that much screen time on my cell phone. Right. But her pushback is always like, yeah, but you're always on your laptop. Right. And so like when we go on vacation, her pushback to me is get off your laptop, not your cell phone. Mm -hmm. And so for sure, without a doubt, that's an easy one. Laptop. I would have thought you would have said cell phone holster. So I'm, I'm very impressed. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So. I don't think that's technology, but you know, there's a there's a piece of technology to it. I suppose. All right, Kirby. All right, the celebrity chef, the one that you would most want to give one of your recipes to and have them cook or make a drink or whatever is. Oh, that's a good one. I am going to go with uh, Bobby Flay. Okay. Bobby Flay. Um, I I do I like I like Bobby Flay quite a bit. Um, and I'd love to see, because I do create recipes, as you know, I love to cook. Yep. And so I'd love to see what he would do to elevate some of the very probably mediocre dishes I've created. So I'm going to go ahead and say, Masaharu Morimoto. <laughs> no, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay. Well done. That was funny. <laughs> the piece of technology that everyone loves, but you just don't get is blank. I think I'd probably go with the Apple Watch. Okay. Um, you had actually, one for a while. I, I still do. It's actually sitting on my desk right now. Um, but you'll love the story. I went to the Apple store just this past weekend to get a new uh, phone. It didn't work out. Story for another day. But the uh, the Apple magician or whatever said, hey, we need to unpair your watch from your phone. And I said, oh, no, it's not paired at all. And they're like, why? What do you use it for? I said, this is going to sound crazy, but I use this to tell time. Mm -hmm. I do not like all of the distractions that come with the Apple Watch. I don't need every Snapchat on my wrist. I don't need every uh, text message to buzz on my wrist. I I did that for about six months. It was a complete distraction to me. And I, you know, I'm not a believer in multitasking. Yep. And it, like to me, that became a tool that was not a tool to me. It was a complete and utter distraction. Um, and so I very intentionally disconnected my phone from my uh, watch. And now I just wear it to tell me that it is, you know, whatever time it is. I couldn't agree more. I was in, uh, I love the idea of the Apple Watch, but then I saw my son, he, he has one, and I'm like, I don't want that. I want any part of it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair All right, enough. Kirby. Last okay, one. final one for you. We've talked about the one you want to meet, the one you want to cook with, the one that you want to give your recipe to. But of all the celebrity chefs, the best celebrity chef is... Emeril Lagasse. He's the original, from my opinion. I, I love um, either him or Julia Child, I guess. Um, oh, okay. I really yeah. think about it. Um, I've always been sucked into cooking shows. I just, yep. I just find it fascinating, and I love that. But uh, I'd have to say Emerald Lagasse um, yeah. or or Masaharu Morimoto. <laughs> no, I'd say Emerald Lagasse or Julia Child. Uh, Those are good. Yeah. I like it. All right, Kirby, cool, last man. one for you. Blank is something you think your cell phone will be able to do in five years that it can't do today. Oh, gosh. I think more and more... And again, this is something that Gary Vee talks about is moving toward voice. Mm-hmm. I think that's a place where it's going to expand, whether it's, you know, I know you can do voice text. I think that's going to get better. I think that's really the piece of technology. There's so many times here lately where I'm like, oh, God, I got to type this in. Right. Um, more and more of the apps, more and more of the programs are going to become um, better from a talk to type kind of thing Mm -hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing because that goes that translates to shopping that translates to content that translates to whatever and uh, more and more that's going to happen okay great now Kirby we are at the section known as rapid fire now this is a very easy game we're playing so I'm just going to give you two choices two choices only just pick the one that pops into your head there's nothing to explain and there are certainly absolutely 
no wrong answers. Kirby, no. the theme this week for Rapid Fire is inventions that have beca- that are a direct result of the space race. So these are all inventions that are derivative of things NASA had to develop to go to the moon and beyond. Okay? Okay. Very Got easy. It. It's super easy. Sure. Piece of cake. Water pur- purification or solar cells? Uh, solar cells. GPS or pollution remediation? Uh, GPS. The space age swimsuit, you know, the su- swimsuits they wear these days where they're kind of uh, almost look like little overalls, or okay. freeze drying food? Freeze drying food. Portable cordless vacuums or digital image sensors? Uh, vacuums. Temper foam, like the ones in your bed, like memory foam, or mm-hmm. enriched baby food? Uh, temper foam. Aircraft anti icing systems or improved radial tires? Anti icing systems. Artificial limbs or cochlear ear pl- implants? Uh, artificial limbs. Invisible braces or scratch-resistant lenses? Lenses. LASIK or infrared ear thermometers? LASIK. Tang or freeze-dried ice cream? Yikes. Um, I'm going to go tang. Damn it. Yeah, I thought you were going to win it this time. The answer is freeze-dried <laughs> ice cream. When I was a kid, that was so magical that, that, that they would have this ice cream, but it wasn't ice cream, but they took it on the on – the, oh, Kirby, I was rooting for you on that one. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> so close. So close. I, you know, you, that was a disappointment, Kirby. But you know what's never a disappointment, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That's using those folks at Bam Bams for your custom headwear program. That's right. Fully custom camps, caps designed by your team, their team, my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Doesn't matter. It's going to be delivered to your customer in 30 days or less from sample approval. Let Bam Bams be your first and only thought for custom headwear. Kirby, I want to thank you again for having the courage to do this broadcast with me. I hope you had a good time. Absolutely. All right. Masaharu Morimoto. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.